from the Electronic Music Show, brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Whitstable. My name is Peter Coit, coming to you from the Sonic Shed, and my co-presenter Clive Walpole is zooming in from across town. Hello Peter, from my harmonically dissonant synth cave. Tonight we have the second part of our show with Professor Stephen Davis-Moon, and we're starting with a field recording based piece by you, Stephen. So Well Yeah is a, is a piece that I, is a drift piece that I made in Chicago. I've been lucky enough to go to Chicago, which I think is, it's an amazing city from a musical historical point of view. Um, they've argu- arguably got one of the best orchestras in the world, mm. the Chicago Symphony. But of course, for me as well, it's the cradle of electric blues. It has a jazz history that is second to none, I would, I would suggest. Um, mm. And so I've travelled there a number of times for work purposes, but I've also made sure that I have um, enjoyed the, the cultural side of the city as well. Um, and one of the things that I do with this soundscape composition, which I do with a number of my pieces, is to use techniques like, um, well, filtering, gating, limiting, or whatever, on a very, very uh, minute way, so that um, hopefully, even on repeated listenings, it remains rich. So it's a kind of micro-limiting, if you like, or, and or a micro-spatialization as you listen to it through, through headphones. Mm. But the other thing that I enjoy doing as I go on these drifts is to listen to the recordings that I've amassed. And if I'm imagining a kind of a, a walk through, re-walking my route through Chicago, um, then finding the equivalent for an acoustic composer would be pivot tones. So... You know, let's say if you're going from, I don't know, um, a G7 chord and you want to get to C, then you can look for a pivot chord, which would be a G, a G note there. So I'm looking for frequencies that are joining from one thing to another. So yeah. then there's a, a smooth, hopefully for the listener, a smooth transition from one location to another. It isn't just mm. abutted. Mm. Um, but in some respects... Um, this piece is influenced a little bit on the on the following piece that we're going to listen to afterwards, the Herbie Hancock piece, um, because I um, recorded a really gifted busker in a, in a part of Chicago, but I was also um, taken by, by how the car horns were almost in harmony, and there's no pitch Ooh. shifting going on there. Mm. They're almost in harmony with the busker. It's quite a curious phenomenon, really. I guess the reverberations in and around the buildings were were, were causing that. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I made this with some students from um, Columbia College, Chicago. Those students made their own drift piece, and I, I made, made mine. Right. So, yeah, it's, it's a nice yeah. memory. This is World Year by Stephen Davis Moon.
Mm. Oh, that was a really rich tapestry sound there, really. Amazing. You get a very Thank you. strong sense of time slicing. Mm. Yeah. You may have recognised the kind of lapping of waves. So mm. um, I used that as a kind of, if you like, a, a pivot tone between the traffic noise. Mm. But also, the, and you were talking about white noise, you two, a couple of weeks ago. And so I also used... Mm. Um, similar bands of white noise between the traffic and the waves to kind of get yeah. me from the shores of Lake Michigan right into downtown Chicago, uh, you know, yeah. so... Um, Isn't that interesting how you get a, um, it's, it's sort of like a... You find your own aesthetic within the abstract sounds that make yeah. sense. Yeah. yeah. I think all that, that granularization started to sound like rain falling, almost. To yeah. Me. It was like pink noise sort of coming in. It's like a rain, yeah, sound. Yeah. Mm. So we're moving on to a uh, piece by the living legend jazz keyboardist Herbie Hancock. Herbie, yeah. yeah. I don't know if you remember, Pete, but um, ever, ever since I learned my first major seven chord <laughs> and dominant ninth chord, you know, jazz every now and again has come back and, um, as, a, as an important thing for me over the years. And I suppose the longest favourite jazz, if you like, for me would be John Coltrane. He, he's always in there in the background for me. Um, yeah. Very, very influential musician and thinker about music. Extraordinary, I, th- I think, for me, an extraordinary character. <laughs> and then, of course, with John Coltrane, you've got Miles Davis. And, of course, for a little while, um, one of Miles Davis's side men was Herbie Hancock. And the thing with Herbie Hancock is you don't get any rubbish. It's all really high-level, high-quality stuff. Um, an incredible output, incredibly diverse output. He's got a famous synth picture, hasn't he, of one of the back of his oh, albums yeah. with, with his uh, setup, which that people have tried to recreate. So it's curious with him, really, because he was forced, apparently, by Miles Davis to play electric piano. He didn't want to. He wanted just to stick mm. with an acoustic instrument. He, he apparently didn't like it. And then, of course, being forced by someone like Miles Davis, uh, and then he started getting into the technology more and more. Uh, and then he made this kind of trio of kind of interesting albums in the very early 70s. And I'd have to say I struggled as to which track to, to play from one of those three albums, mm. um, but went for the first track, Rain Dance, from mm. Sextant, which is the, the last of those three albums, which in many respects um, bridge a gap between his kind of much more funky, if you like, more commercially sounding music from the kind of mm. rather... Um, more demanding kind of jazz listing but what I find so extraordinary is he's got these kind of synths going on and integrating them into a, a jazz sound world not in a well in a really sophisticated way what can I say you know mm. you're, dealing with, you're dealing with a maestro so yeah. um, it's extraordinary extraordinary imagination extraordinary yeah. uh, musician this is a rain dance by Herbie Hancock Thank you. 
the groove and the synth, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> extraordinary. Yeah. Extraordinary yeah. imagination. It's all almost uh, sort of a radiophonic vibe. Yeah, true. Yeah. In that, yeah. in that sort of rhythmic. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 So it would be around about that kind of time as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. When all those soundtracks yeah. were coming out. Mm. I think that was 71 or 72, that album. Oh, right, yeah. I'm always on the lookout for other things, you know, new artists, you know, to get into and mm. um, so on. And Raz G is, is one of those for me. I can't remember when I first, it, it's very recent though, a couple of years ago, and I heard of him through um, Flying Lotus. And of course, there's a Herbie Hancock link there as well with Flying Lotus. No, I've not heard. I didn't hear of him, of him until you put it on the uh, on the list. No, of the I hadn't. Right. Oh. Well, sadly, he's dead now. He died quite young. He was only about forty, I think, um, last summer. But despite being so young, put out an enormous number of albums. I mean, I think it's like 24, 25 albums or something like that. Extraordinary output. Mm. Well, there are many things about him that I like, but one of the things that most I think is it's always surprise he always surprises me you never know what you're going to get so from the mm. first track from this album Star, um, Stargate Music you get some samples every now and again of Stockhouse and leaping out at you mm. um, amongst all other kinds of samples from all different types of musical traditions and of course whilst there are many grooves on the album um, to this but it's also very very intricate rhythmic layers you know that he achieves um, mm. so yeah it's, it's an ama- again amazing imagination I think <clears throat> okay well, this is Quest to Find a New Stargate by Raz G
swanky, quantized <laughs> rhythms there, isn't it? Absolutely, and that's yeah. what's so wonderful about it. It's it's, so, yeah. it's really loose, isn't it? You know, yeah, yeah. great. In, you know, in some respects, I, I thought this album, Stargate, is being a bit like the Telemusik by Stockhausen that we played earlier, because it's this album. It, it does create. It, sorry, it contains music from. All, all different kinds of traditions. Mm. You just never really know what you're going to get next. And I think there's a bit of humour there as well with it. You know, I like to think so. It's, um, yeah, it's great. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like it's to look into more of his stuff. If it's, yeah, yeah, I, I'd like to. Yeah. Interesting stuff. That. So the, the next track is uh, a couple of lo- local lads from you in Manchester. Yeah. Bob Brown and Sean Booth. Altecker. Yeah. I, I adore Old Tecker. It's a bit of a boring thing to admit, really, isn't it? I have every single one of their albums. All right. <laughs> um, mm. They've got a new one coming out, haven't they? Just I know. Been, just been announced. Yeah. It was announced yesterday on my birthday, yeah. so that was a nice little oh. birthday <laughs> present. So <laughs> I've ordered it already, um, yeah. and it comes out on my mum's birthday, which is quite, quite oh. a nice little <laughs> personal triangulation. I, I, again, I, a bit like the Raz G, I love the way in which they, they branch from dance music right the way through into all kinds of other areas of electronica, really. Mm. Um, there are so many of their tracks that you could listen to and not really know necessarily from what kind of musical tradition it's coming from, you know? Yeah, yeah I love that, that sort of approach. It's people have tried to figure out how they do what they do as well. It's not an easy thing to produce on a, a computer, a sequencer, or synthesizer. Mm. It's deceptively yeah. uh, intricate. Yeah, it is very much so. I mean, I, for me, the NTS um, Sessions album, I still think of that as being a benchmark of electronic mm. music albums. I think it's an yeah. extraordinary feat, really extraordinary. Mm. Extraordinary breadth, extraordinary mm. detail. The very final track on that album, which I think lasts in around an hour, it's called The End. It's really one of the most beautiful pieces of electronic music I've ever heard. It's mm. extraordinary. And there's another one, I think it's on the first album. And it uses, it seems to me anyway, that it's using either a limiter or a gate very rapidly and unevenly. And it's creating, I think, again, a really beautiful um, beautiful effect that they have yeah so this piece um, 13 CTRL there's some beautiful sounds in there really really beautiful delicate sounds there's also some really driving fearsome sounds as well and perhaps in some ways encapsulates you know the, the emotional breadth of what it is that they do mm-hmm. okay here we go Thank <laughs> you. 
their own Ooh. space didn't they you know, their yeah. own environment yeah. yeah totally I think their obscure titles don't give you any clues either they just let your mind wander yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> difficult thinking of a title sometimes aren't it? When yeah you, you <laughs> think a lot of my tracks start off with a number because right. I can't think of a title and then I've listened to it a few times <laughs> so we have another piece by yourself yeah so Thrones um, firstly I should say that um, all of the sounds um, in this piece are samples of the fabulous uh, jazz saxophonist Jan Kapinski, whom I had the pleasure of working with at University of Salford for a number of years. And, um, and I was asked to, to write a piece for Columbia College Chicago in 2014, I think it was. And um, they asked me to, to make some kind of installation. So I recorded many... Um, Improvisations from Yan. Uh, he's an extraordinary improviser, extraordinary player. And I made a, a sound installation from them whereby it's four sets of stereo speakers as the mm. output. And in the middle of the room are four iPads. And on the iPads, I've just made fairly straightforward, simple touch OSC interfaces on them so that people that come into the room can then play the room, so to speak. So they're mm. changing the granulization, the filtering, the delays, and so on, on different pairs of the speakers, you know. Yeah. Obviously, there, was, there were ambits, if you like, that I set, so that it wouldn't be total, mm. you know, nonsense or whatever that would come, come out. But there was a large level of, of difference. So, mm. again, that was one way for me to try and get around the, the problem that we might have of fixed media pieces not having a live sense, but here the, the audience members can actually play the piece themselves and play the yeah. room. Mm. Which also led me on, though, a couple of pieces after that. I worked with iPads and Touch OSC with um, young adults with uh, profound learning disabilities. Mm. So I was able to right. work with professional musicians and them being mic'd up and coming through my laptop. But the, yeah. then the, the, the young people were able to... I was able to personalise... Uh, touch osc um interface for them um and then they were able to transform the sounds of the of the professional musicians live so that was that was good fun as well that's one of the amazing things about technology how it enables people with disabilities to uh, be included and absolutely. express themselves yeah. you know absolutely yeah. yeah so this is thrones by stephen davis Moon.
I like the concept of people interacting. The emotional effect of me was like a high level of anticipation. Mm. Right. Right. I've always got a high level of anticipation. (laughs) Nothing happens. (laughs) (laughs) Disappointed. (laughs) (laughs) It's always that synth that you haven't got. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 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 All that guitar. If only you could have that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But I don't know how you two guys feel, but I definitely do feel very well, quite envious of the, you know, the, the technology that is available, you know, to, oh, yeah. to people now. Um, you know, when I think back in the late 70s, early 80s when we were trying to do this stuff, or even actually when I think of my first purely electronic piece, Basta, which I made in 1990, I think, on a, on a Sun computer through C-Sound. And, oh, I would have to, yeah. and I would have to leave it compiling overnight to make... I don't know, 25 seconds of sounds or so on. Oh, and quite often I'd come back in the next yeah. morning and it would sound like... Because <laughs> <you know? laughs> I'd got a comma wrong or a, or yeah. a colon wrong yeah. or something, you know. And of course now you can do that absolutely instantaneously. Yeah. Your thing though, Pete, about anticipation, um, you may well know of it, there's um, a really wonderful book about music called Sweet Anticipation mm-hmm. by David Huron from, I think it's Ohio State University he's at. And um, the basic premise of the book is that music has been important to our survival as a species because one of the things that music does is hone our sense of anticipation. Mm. Right. Um, Because if we didn't have that, we might have got eaten. (laughs) 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 You know, or or disease. But it's it's a really fascinating read, you know. Mm. Um, So the next track is uh, Alvanoto and Richie Sakamoto uh, from... The Profo Live album. Yeah, so, well, I think, Pete, you were the one who introduced me to Raichi Sakamoto. Hmm. My word, it must be 30 years ago? I don't know. It's a long, long time ago, anyway. Well, he worked with um, Japan, didn't he? And, uh, yeah. That was the sort of, like, the inroad there. Yeah. Uh, um, and, and pretty much since then, I've always looked in at what he does. And then a friend of mine, probably about 10, 12 years ago, she introduced me to uh, the work of Alvinoto, Kit Turner. She introduced hmm. me to work of Alvinoto mm. and I thought it was extraordinary you know um, whether it's a film score like for The Revenant um, mm. or his kind of minimal techno types of albums that he does yeah. there's always a really refined sense of sound um, that he has and definitely with this album you know the, the live album or actually any of their co- collaborations less is always more isn't it with mm. Sakamoto or Alvinoto mm. it's oh, always yeah, understated and it's it's fa- fabulous stuff. Very minimalist sort of sensibility, isn't it? Yeah. I saw a concert he did at the uh, Tate Modern a few years back. Uh, oh, right. By Kida as well, and uh, sort of the Rasta Noten uh, night. Ratio Kida, yeah, yeah, I love his stuff. It's really uncompromising, mm-hmm. isn't it? Mm-hmm. So yeah. this is a uh, Profo Live. Thank you. 
sort of delicately intense that isn't it yeah, mm. beautiful. yeah. beautiful harmony as well yeah, yeah. and a lovely the brassy sound with that like shimmer yeah reverb it's got a bit of a long tail on it. it was really yeah so we have a piece by Cozy Fanny Tutti next originally a performance artist and the co-founder of Throbbing Gristle and the Chris and Cozy groups yeah I mean I had the pleasure of inviting um, Carter Tutti to a festival that I used to run in Salford at the University of Salford um, Sonic Fusion Festival and they came along and I didn't really know what to expect to be honest with you um but they were really lovely, they were really generous, supportive of the festival, um, and did a cracking set for us, mm. which they made specifically for that concert. Um, they have a really interesting way of working. They apparently, they, they said that they went on um, sound walks in and around the area of the concert, then spent a day or two um, transforming those sounds into a fantastic set. It was really, mm. really amazing. Um, and the, the track that chose um, for you to play now is from Cozy's album of last year, which for me was one of the best albums of 2019 for me. Um, mm. And it's, it's um, you know, a beautifully uh, majestic, delicate mm. piece, uh, but ritualistic as well. I guess you know, there's a lot of ritualistic aspects to um, um, Cozy's work and Chris Carter's work. It's, yeah. it's gorgeous. Well, they've been responsible for a few Eurorack synths, like the Gristleizer, which is a, wow. um, oh, it's trying to recreate those. basically the, the pedal board of effects that they use to, to create their sounds. So this is mm. Orenda by Cozy Fenitutti.
very deep. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah, that it's bass so sounds. Ambience. When that bass comes in, it just seems to be right at the right point, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, mm. <laughs> bass sounds gorgeous. So that this is our penultimate track, then. Yeah. So. Um, <laughs> You know, every now and again I get a chance to travel and I know it's probably about getting off about 10 years ago, I think, eight, 10 years ago, I had the, I had the journey through Detroit to get to a part of Ohio. And I just thought, I wonder what kind of music is happening in Detroit at the moment. Who's the, who are the interesting people, you know, especially electronic stuff. It was from that time that I discovered Robert Hood. Now, he's pretty uncompromising in, in many respects, the, the kind of music that he creates. Um, and it, it obviously draws upon minimal techno and house music. Um, mm. But his textures, he, I, I love the way in which he builds incredibly intricate rhythmic hierarchy within the tracks that he creates. And this track that, if you wouldn't mind playing, it's... Um, entitled Save the Children, and it's by Floor Plan. Now, Floor Plan is a, a collaboration between Robert Hood and his daughter, Lyric Hood, as, as two... Um, she's a very successful producer in her own right as well. Mm. It was only released... This track was only released, I think, a couple of weeks ago, and, of course, it's... I think it's its subject matter is apposite for, for uh, the Black Lives Matter um, yeah. situation at the moment. Mm. This is Save the Children by Floorplan.
great, it's such a great message, important message, isn't it? Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, a, it's just horrific what's going on. And, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't believe it. The world's gone completely crazy. I don't know about you guys, but it's an, it's an amazingly powerful piece of music as well. Mm. He clearly mm. knows what he's doing with his filtering and so on, and lyric as well, both of them together. Mm. And knows they both know how to do the drop business, don't they? You know, um, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's 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 a craft, isn't it? You know, um, it is. we like a banger. Yeah, 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 like yeah. Banger. Well, I was just going to say that was banging. <laughs> yeah, it was. I think it was something you said a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But the emotional response you get from that yeah. kick drum is extraordinary, yeah. isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah. One of the reasons why I chose that piece, uh, Clive, mm-hmm. was for something that you said a couple of weeks ago on your show about the emotional power of um, electronic sound. Yeah, yeah. And the emotional response that, as you say, picked from that kick drum or from that, yeah, yeah. Um, where the samples cut in rhythmically, yeah. um, really just fantastic. Yeah. It's amazing, in fact, rhythm and music, that you just can't keep still when you... Yeah, I know. It's amazing, I think, you know, even from, I remember my son when he was really small, you know, a baby, where you put music on and start moving his, I don't know if he was doing it actually rhythmically, but it seemed like it was really Yeah, but I would recommend checking out Robert Hood and, mm. and or Floor Plan for other stuff that they do. It's um, mm. interesting. Mm. Some of it's not so obviously house-like. Mm. Um, other of it is much more minimal techno. Um, yeah. So, but yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting. So we're on to our last track, which is uh, another one of your pieces, at the day's end from Rain to Steel. Yeah, um... I think you touched on the business of sound ecology earlier, Pete. Um, mm. And the business of sound ecology is very, it's very important to me. It's very important to so many of us. Um, because I think we, we live, perhaps we've, all, perhaps we've always lived, but we certainly live in a, in a culture at the moment whereby we're dominated by the visual. Mm. Um, but it's so important to remember the sound of our lives. Mm. Um, and so this piece... Reigns of Steel was a piece that I made in uh, 2017 to mark the centenary of the Battle of Passchendaele. Um, yeah. And a, a couple of years previously to that, I'd written quite a large piece for the BBC Phil um, to commemorate the centenary of the Battle of the Somme. And that, you know, of course, the, the researching of that piece is really harrowing, you know, the... the, the the loss of human life is just extraordinary. Mm. And I thought, I didn't know that much about World War I history up until that time, really. I'd known some bits and pieces, but I didn't really know um, what I know now, I suppose. Anyway, having done the Somme piece, I thought, well, you know, surely that kind of thing didn't happen again. But, of course, it did almost mm. exactly a year later at Passchendaele. Mm. Um, I don't really know how many people died, but it's upwards of a million, potentially. Mm. Um, and it's just extraordinary. Totally, yeah. Mm. Um, I remember one, I forget which historian it was, but effectively he was saying that that area of, of uh, Belgium is one giant grave, really. It is, yeah. yeah. Um, it's just extraordinary. So what I did with this piece, it's in four movements, and this is the final movement. Um, I took, I went to many readings, you know, of... Letters from troops back home, not necessarily just British or Allied forces, but German as well and Belgian and so on. And just try to get to understand what kinds of sounds might have been important to them. 
And I was very, very lucky. Um, uh, I had a, a friend of mine, Graham, Graham Walker, was able to drive me around um, areas of the, of the Belgian um, uh, battlefields. But also the Passchendaele Museum were also very, very helpful. Yeah. Um, several of the people that worked there. And also another place that I visited called Talbot House, which was a place of respite for, for young soldiers coming back from the front. Um, to spend some time there. So, but I guess central to this movement are recordings of a, an accordion that the Museum of Passchendaele found in the mud, a German mm-hmm. accordion in the trenches. And I asked the guy there, I said, does it work? He said, I have no idea. So I sampled it. We, we squeezed, squeezed it and made a yeah. sound from it and sampled it. And then, of mm. course, I made a kind of a meta instrument from that. Mm. And they found another... Um, like a zither-type instrument, a Belgian one this time. Uh, knew that because of the inscriptions on the back. And it had been made from ammunition box wood, so really rubbish oh, wow, wood, wow. you know. Mm. Um, but he, the guy who made it clearly knew what he was doing because all the frets were in perfect uh, position, you know. Mm. So again, I made some samples from that, um, careful recordings from there. Um, one of the letters that I read was of a a British soldier coming back from a really hard day um, on the on the front of Passchendaele. And, you know, he'd lost a few friends that day, mm. came back to camp, and there was a brass band there playing um, at the end of a perfect day. That isn't, obviously, the Lou Reed song. This, is, <laughs> this predates that by many, many mm. years. And, of course, the irony for him was was pretty stark, you know, that he hadn't had a perfect mm. day. Um, so what I did was I took the, some melodic fragments and some of the harmonic fragments of, of that song and brought the accordion and the mandolin, uh, mandolin, sorry, the zither, to life, if you like. Yeah. So here we are, um, a German accordion, if you like, is ghostly playing the, the harmonies of an English song and being accompanied as well by a Belgian zither. Oh, and in the background, you can hear a typewriter clicking away from Talbot House, which would have been used by mm. many soldiers writing home. Also, the doorbell of Talbot House, which would have been the same in 1917 as it is now, mm. uh, as you come and go from that, from that door. So every sound is from, from that area, mm. from, that, from wow. that region. Mm. That's amazing. Wow. Let's listen to it then. The day's end from your Reigns of Steel.
Beautiful, isn't it? Yes. It's like a piece of sonic archaeology. Yeah. I guess so, yeah. 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 I forgot to mention that you probably heard that kind of ticking, um, and that's a, a standard issue um, uh, British uh, wristwatch, British Armour wristwatch uh, from right. 1917. But of course, it was a devil of a job to get it working, and so I was recording it, and I, it probably took me a couple of hours, and I'm not, that's an exaggeration, a good hour, because I would get it recording, and then it would stop. <laughs> and I would try and get it with a good signal. Do you know what I mean? Mm. Um, so there's that that ticks all the way, all the way through it. Mm. So. Oh, it's an amazing piece, really. Well, thank you very much. That's an amazing selection of pieces. That yeah, thanks, Dave. It's really, really nice. A lot of stuff I hadn't come across or really touching and uh, important mm. pieces that I really want to actually explore. Well, you, you guys do that for me almost on a weekly basis yeah. these days with new <laughs> things to listen to and new things to go and find out about. Well, that's the great thing about doing this. I, I just find out things I never knew and, and it just keeps you, <laughs> keeps you going, you know, almost, yeah. you know? Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. It's been a tremendous pleasure, Pete and Clive. Thanks for oh. well, thanks taking your time. Thank you, Steve. Yeah. Oh, my pleasure. So thanks very much again for Stephen Davis-Moon for his selection. That was... Fantastic. Yeah, it's really uh, interesting range of music there. Mm, lots more to investigate. New stuff that uh, I've got to find out more about. So we'll see you again on the next show. In the meantime, join us on uh, Facebook at our Coastal Electronauts page. Carry on the conversation there. Yes, yes, it was nice to uh, get some feedback and conversation and comments. Brilliant. So until then, bye.